welcome to a special episode of That's a Wrap. Uh, today we're talking about The Martian. This is one of the many episodes that we're doing uh, in advance of the 2016 Oscars, uh, where we're going to talk about each of the eight movies that have been nominated for Best Picture. You can find show notes at that's a wrap show.com for these. And uh, we hope you enjoy all of them. Uh, today is going to be me. Uh, I'm Eric Marshall and Nick. Yep. And I'm Mick Schlegel. Yep. And that's going to be the two of us talking about uh, The Martian, which was nominated, strangely, for a best picture. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. It's not nice. But um, so uh, I think I've already shown my hand. Oh, no. Um. I'll let you back yourself out of that one. Yeah. I wasn't surprised in the slightest. I mean, have yeah. you ever bothered to look at the nominees <laughs> the last 30 or yeah. 40 years? Yeah, Some, no doubt. You know, no doubt. Yeah, yeah definitely no the doubt. Martians, one of the, you know, above average, I think. Uh, <laughs> so over at RottenTomatoes.com, the Martian, interestingly, is uh, the audience score and the tomato meter, the fresh meter, are the exact same. They're both pegged at, at 92%. Um the critic consensus here says smart, thrilling, and surprisingly funny. The Martian offers a faithful ad- adaptation of the best-selling book that brings out the best in leading man Matt Damon and director Ridley Scott. And over at IMDb, it rates a very high 8.1. Uh, so pretty impressive marks for The Martian, both uh, over at Rotten Tomatoes at the aggregator and at IMDb. Impressive. I'm... Uh... I will admit I'm surprised it was nominated. I enjoyed the film greatly. I really, really did. Uh, I was just surprised it was nominated. Uh, maybe because I saw it in the summer and things that are wasn't. I think it was the summer and those things don't usually get nominated. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm backpedaling. Uh, we'll get back into that in a second. Uh, the Martian. I, we're assuming that viewers have seen the film, but if not, it's about. Um, you know, this guy who goes to Mars and he gets stranded there and all the, all, all the things that, that Robinson the people, Crusoe on Mars. Yes. Yeah. 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 When I, you know, when I, it's actually funny you mentioned that because, um, when I first, uh, so I, I had read the book before the movie came out and I'm not going to be that guy. Oh, you read the book, you know, but, um, but I had read the book. So I knew the plot and, and all that. Um, but movies are different. And, when I first saw that Matt Damon was cast um, as the main character, I uh, <laughs> I remember thinking to myself, "This is kind of Forrest, not Forrest Gump. This is this is kind of Castaway on Mars," right. is what I thought. And then the second thing I thought was, "But Matt Damon is no Tom Hanks." <laughs> right which now which in retrospect after seeing the film first of all it's not really cast away on mars because there's a lot of stuff going on off the planet off and of mars. right and damon really pulls it off and second of all damon really pulls it off yeah. he does a great job so um so so there's that uh a lot of people a lot of people that uh that i know that i've talked to you have some people didn't really like the film that much um for 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 what for various reasons I guess I'm not, I'm not exactly sure but um you know as far as you know how it is when you read a book and then see the movie you're always expecting a something and you're always disappointed that certain uh, details were left out or glossed over or certain things were added or you know things like that but uh, you know to be honest with you I think yeah you know, as as a film I think it did it did a fine job. Of oh, ad, 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 the adaption, well, I didn't read. Yeah, I didn't read less, the book. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
but uh yeah i mean i i haven't come across people that that didn't care for it um but i'm sure there's lots of people who didn't well mostly there's just a bunch of you know elitists that i know on uh you know on twitter and stuff so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just don't want to go through life being an elitist, you know. I mean, like, uh, they, it, it, I just feel like I'm necessarily putting blinders on. There's, there's so much joy to be found in high and low culture. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and um, I going back to the point <laughs> a little while ago, um, The Martian is. I mean, over the past thirty years, you know, maybe um, I see. Uh, more of a bell curve leaning towards mainstream cinema and in, in the uh, um there's uh there's still clearly biases against certain genres and types of films that rarely yeah. make it into the best uh best film uh category not nominations but um and that's I, why i was surprised i think yeah um but there's I, yeah, but I think the trend has been over the particularly since they've doubled the amount of nominations, you know, yeah. or have allowed the doubling of it. That you just see more, uh, you know. There's just I, I think there's a, a populist or mainstream um, current to it that was you saw less um, in like say 1972 or 1958 or something like that. I mean, and of course there's that difference between the pre and post studio era. I mean, that's very important to, to, to take into consideration here uh, where independents are now very much a part of the, um, of the scene, uh, whether or not they've gotten studio distributions, a whole nother, another issue. But uh, so the Martian being a Ridley Scott film uh, being based on a bestseller and having, as you often pointed, a uh, overly large and important cast that doesn't really need to be there, <laughs> which you can elaborate on. I was yeah, you know, like you're I taking my you're taking my lines here. Yeah, sorry, I, I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't couldn't resist. Uh, but I, jumping on my lines, jumping on your lines. But you know, that's all I'll say. But um, being being a, 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 an impressive cast, favorite director of mine. Very likable leading actor in Matt Damon. Although my my problem with Matt wasn't that that he was cast in the role. I just thought, like, is this not Interstellar Part Two for you? I mean, you just came off oh. <laughs> it came off a film where he was, you know, out in space doing all sorts of crazy shit, and stranded, back out in space, dude, yeah, <laughs> stranded. And I'm like, so, but um, I turned, you know, uh, I'll. I'll we let's we can start from that point forward, but I can say that I was I was not surprised at all that it was nominated. The only thing yeah, that was surprised me was the Golden Globe nomination for whatever the hell it was, comedy or musical or comedy. Something. Yeah, it was in the comedy category. There, are, there, are, it's lighthearted in moments, but it's not a it's not a comedy. No, <laughs> this is not a comedy. It's a survival narrative, you know, which has moments where the pressure valve releases for a little humor. So right. I don't know what the hell they were thinking, but. They probably weren't because, you know, they're idiots. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, well, and they had to put it in something. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's really hard to understand. Even like uh, uh, Richard Gervais on the Golden Globes um, uh, broadcast was like, comedy, huh? And then when Ridley Scott won, he was like, I'm not sure about this comedy thing. So even he was like, uh, I don't know where that came from, but okay, I'll take it. <laughs> well, they accused poor Matt of like uh, poaching. You know, what the hell are you doing in our category? Hunting hunting here, it's like, it's not a comedic performance. So none of the comedic performances won. He got the Golden Globe, you know? Yeah. 
Which is too bad, really. Yeah. For them, I mean. For you them, know? sure, yeah. yeah. I'm sure he felt yeah. guilty about it, too. <laughs> but, you know, take the war. <laughs> I gotta give it back. Yeah, for sure. You're right. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Yeah, so I was kind of rooting for this movie in a way because um you know the book itself has a kind of uh um story behind it in terms of um kind of how should i put it like you know the the protagonist of the movie and the book is this you know kind of funny kind of guy who's a botanist and goes to mars and you know gets gets stranded there and has to survive on his ingenuity and the guy who wrote it andy weir he uh who wrote the novel you know he was just publishing this on his website when it, when it first started. He it was a real space geek, and he he had these thought experiments of like, how would you, um, how would you live on Mars? Like, how could you do that? You know. And finally, one day, he was like, "Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna put all these musings I've had into a novel." And he started publish, publishing the novel chapter by chapter on his website. And then it came to the point where people were like, "Hey, can I get this on my Kindle somehow?" Yeah, and he was like, "Well, the only reason, the only way he could figure out to get it on people's Kindle was just to put it on the Amazon store for the lowest price you could do it, which is ninety nine cents." And he ended up being a bestseller off of that. I mean, people just just bought it and bought it and bought it, and it got all this traction, and he a, a, a bestseller, and then he got approached by um, I forget the publisher, but you know, it's a, a, a mainstream publisher to publish it, and he got approached by Ridley Scott, and you know, and all this stuff happened, and it was That's just kind of like this, eh, okay, you know, ingenuity. So, so I'm, you know, I kind of root for it uh, because of Andy Weir and this kind of uh, you know self published uh, indie Rats kind to of riches thing. story. Yeah, it kind of rags riches story, which which you know the film is the uh, the story of the film is is kind of the exact opposite in a way. I mean, really, Scott is not some unknown director, and and the production. Uh, I mean, I don't know what it cost to make, but it was uh, let's say probably a lot, right? You know, and the yeah. star power that they brought to this film, ugh, you know, which which you know <laughs> we can talk about too, but uh, you know, um, so you know, I was kind of rooting it for it on that level, and. You know, I have to say it's two hours and twenty something minutes long, and it's I think it's engaging throughout throughout sure. those entire two hour and twenty minutes. I don't disagree. I was completely engaged, and I mean that speaks to the strengths of Scott as a filmmaker. That's the thing that I think that he does as 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 good or as well as any director ever, uh, and he, which makes him one of the best, I think at creating environments with which we are going to um, spend time and then inhabit with the protagonist. Uh, there's really nobody, I think, better at that right now. In fact, yeah. tonight I figured I was going to, I thought I might watch kingdom of heaven again, just cause I haven't seen it since it came out, which was about 2005 or something like that. Oh, and wow. I thought uh-huh. I, I thought I'd throw it in just because he's so, he's so good at that. It's one of his, it's one of his gifts as a filmmaker. And and now, of course, they're talking about Blade Runner 2. And uh, although I don't know if he's going to um, direct, but I think he, he's talking about directing. Um, I think it's I don't know about the Prometheus sequel, if he's just producing that. But at any rate, it's what he does time and time again. Even when things are set in present day, it just he'll bring you into an environment like like really nobody. Uh, it's, it's, it's just shocking. And so he has an entire planet to sort of define for us and yet keep it all within the realm of, of scientific fact. And, yeah. uh, and, and he, by God, the man is just so good at it. He, he, he knows exactly 
how to block it, how to shoot it, how to um, compose the frame, how to, you know, exactly what angles to use, what lenses to use to bring us in so that we are just totally there. And uh, um, that's why that two hours and 20 minutes, I think, seems to go by so quickly because uh, Damon, the the sort of like solid factors of Damon's performance and um, uh, the... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, terraforming, if you will, of Mars in in Ridley Scott's camera. So it's like, uh, how how can you go wrong? Yeah, I, you can't. Yeah. That's why I can't imagine if people are looking at it and and being snooty, then they're watching it wrong. You know, <laughs> <laughs> they're watching it wrong. Yeah, it's yeah. There were some, yeah, there's some nitpicks I had about the adaptation towards the end, but then I was like, yeah, but if they added that stuff, it'd be like three hours long. You know, but I like uh, to talk about the ending later in the episode, though. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you just, uh, you know, kind of articulate my, what, I, what you were, you alluded to earlier about the casting. Uh, you know, Matt Damon's fine, but, um, I, I always saw the other astronauts as kind of, you know, kind of everyday people. Um, you, you know, just astronauts, you know, just kind of people who got the job, whatever. But then it, when I see Jessica Chastain pop up and like she's so, distractingly beautiful right in this film like she's because she's because she's her like or when jeff daniels shows up and you're like oh that's Ooh. jeff daniels yeah and I you know like, like high heaven right you know you get this like sense of like oh how many other stars are in here you know uh you know kate mara shows up you're like oh well there's obviously going to be some kind of romantic uh interest here if kate mara is in it which you know ends up being the case like just there's there's certain things like that where i'm like maybe they could have cast somebody more less starry you know i found it very kind of distracting and kind of boy do i agree with that you know it was like the old don't use you know sledgehammer to kill mosquito these are small roles that you know um because i don't know how they could afford these actors frankly i mean because they'll only probably have to work a couple days (laughs) because but these are all small roles with um kind of high power talent and in some cases, you know, no offense to Jeff Daniels, who ever since I saw Terms of Endearment in the theater, hmm. uh, whom I've always admired. And, but it felt like he was playing Will McAvoy from the newsroom with a NASA oh, yeah. slump and just being a bit more dickish. And yeah. I, I, I mean, it felt like he completely phoned it in. And uh, I mean, there was really no difference between that and his Will McAvoy. Um which isn't, which is just not true with uh, Jeff Daniels as an actor. He's remarkably versatile when you look at yeah. his career. I mean, remarkably versatile, so versatile. And he was Will Vac- Will Ma- NASA's Will McAvoy, you know, except less likable. And uh, there are other performances where I was just kind of like, gosh, like you said, Jessica Chastain. I'm not angry she's in it, but <laughs> I think she's, you know, that smile of hers just, just like is a thousand, you know. 1.21 gigawatts you know and i and, it, and it, i just she's so beautiful that i'm having a hard time not going that's jessica chest <laughs> you know it, it's it yeah yeah it felt a little inconsistent in the casting um yeah i i can't honestly see a studio or director saying no i don't want jeff daniels no right right but you know Jeff Daniels, why would I want him in my yeah, movie? Yeah, I mean, how, how do we fault them for this? You know, no, we don't want Sean Beam. You know, it's like, of course yeah. we we'll take these actors, but it, <laughs> it almost did seem cameo esque, and I don't know, a little a little weird, I suppose. 
Yeah. The um the Jeff Daniels thing, I, I I had not seen the newsroom when I saw The Martian. I've seen it since. But even then I thought, yeah, there's Jeff Daniels just kind of phoning in this kind of like Oh, man of authority, uh, you know, straight man kind of thing, you know, where I mean, that's obviously not my impression of Jeff Daniels. I can't do that. But, um, you know, but I felt like he was, you know, you felt like he was playing a part, you know, and now that I've seen the newsroom, I'm like, oh, that's the part he was playing. I get it now. Um, you know, and there was like, you know, there, it wasn't one, one of the good things about the film, though, in terms of casting was it's not it's not entirely white. Right. Like it's, it's, uh, well, very, first, it's yeah, there was a, a metric there that was, you know, fairly representative of the making the, the, yeah. you know, the, the cocktail of the country, which was nice to see. Yeah. It's interesting that Vincent Kapoor, who is Indian in the book and, and keeps his name Kapoor, was played by Chiwetel El Jifo. I can't, I can't, El Jifo, I can't pronounce his name, who is clearly not Indian, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it's, you know, it's, um, it's a it's a minor gripe, I guess, that they changed the Indian to you know they cast someone who is of I think he's Nigerian um, descent, um, but yeah, I know it's 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 good that it's not entirely white uh, like cast. Although the people on the space on the ship, like the uh, Jessica Chastain, Kate Mara, I'm trying to go through that might have been pretty white. The people on the ship that goes to that drops them off and picks them up and all that stuff. I don't know. I can't remember. But um, but yeah. But yeah. So as far as casting goes, I mean, it's it's you know it's got its strengths and weaknesses for sure. And like you said, how did they uh, how do they afford these people? I don't know. But Ridley Scott's probably got a little bit of pull with the actors. Sure, and it's not like you know <laughs> not like they occupy a lot of screen time either. Uh, true, it's, true. It's like you said, they're probably they're very, Yeah, like you said, they're probably there for a day or two yeah not many that's for sure so yeah um so so yeah in in relationship to the setting up of the film the way we've been talking about it um those are some of the strengths and perhaps weaknesses of it um I, i i i'm sort of trying to think to myself what was what was the thing that i admired most about the film and it for me it was uh uh sort of like equal parts um the story itself which i think we're all suckers for the classic you know indomitable will over adversity you know the human Mm -hmm. spirit triumphing over ridiculous odds is always uh, well always uh i mean it's the it's the american story and you know in essence right we all want to rise above and particularly when we're um, facing really ad- adverse problems, and we want to sort of like overcome them and triumph, uh, blow that up on the uh, to like the nth degree, and you've got you know the Martian, where a dude's you know on another planet, you know a couple of years away, <laughs> needs to get home. Uh, right. It's a great setup. Now, having said that, so from the, the the story, the basics of the story, the theme of the story, the plot of the story, that had me, but it was in its in its um, execution. It was the way it was directed, the way it was cast, uh, and and frankly, you know, I think Matt Damon. It's I think there was a when, when this came out, I told you, I, I I think at least I told you, I remember telling other people that it was a a really finely nuanced and difficult performance. It's not easy to do one man show, um, right. and it's essentially what he was doing. He's not acting opposite anybody. These are these are long soliloquies essentially. Um, 
you know, but uh, uh, almost like confessionals or diaries uh, until he does get some interaction, but it's a weird type of interaction he has. Uh, and so I, I felt there was probably going to be a little bit of a, a tendency to just like underrate his performance. That's why I was also thrilled when he, when he won the award, even if it was in a bizarre category. So in, in summary on my end, it was, you know, like a, a, a very gripping story, unlike, not unlike gravity, not unlike interstellar, not unlike Castaway or Robin Robinson Crusoe, you know, uh, married to, the aesthetic sensibility of someone like Rid- Ridley Scott and his, his ability to fashion performances. Uh, and, and as you say, cast a, a nice, a, a nice diverse uh, spectrum of, of actors and, 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 you know, both genders among various races. I mean, this is a guy, you know, who gave us one of the greatest feminist constructs of all time. Don't forget Ellen Ripley was, was supposed to be a man an alien uh, and who also directed, you know, Thelma and Louise. Thelma and Louise. Yeah. yeah. Um, and did not want to. He wanted, you know, uh, Callie Curry to, uh, but they w- it was they couldn't do it. Essentially, it was the, the studios insisted on someone like like you know a, a bigger draw, a bigger name. Uh, so uh, definitely, uh, you add all that up together, and and I was a big fan of The Martian. Is it a, is it a great film? Uh, no, it's not one of the great films. Is it a were there great things about it? And did I have a great time watching it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Which is which I guess goes back to my original comment about why it was dominated, right? I mean, is it yeah, is it is it really substantially different from the uh, second Avengers movie? Yeah, I think it is, actually. Um, but, you know, it's still in that kind of vein, you know, of um, you know, it's it's there for pure entertainment, it's very Hollywood. You know, I mean, are there are there deeper themes beyond the, you know, the overcoming adversity and all that? Or is there any kind of commentary on, um, you know, on current society or anything like that? Is there anything going on beyond like the pure entertainment factor and that kind of universal need to to see see a human overcome something? You know, I, I don't know. I mean. I guess you can make arguments about self-reliance, self-sufficiency, meritocracy, you know, like we don't have much of a meritocracy anymore. But here's someone who fortunately has the skills and the intelligence to survive, whereas, I don't know, a large segment of the population may not. So (laughs) it's it's kind of nice to see that, like, you know, whatever you decide to do, you should wind up loving it and knowing it very well. Uh, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a broad theme. I'm not saying that there's something, but there is this idea that, um, you know, that we can, people may feel entitled towards certain things, but you really need to work hard to achieve mm-hmm. your goals. His goal is to get back to the planet. And, uh, it's pretty impressive how he manages to pull it off. You know, yeah. I mean, towards the end, and I do want to talk about the end of the film, yeah. the, the last sort of few minutes of whether or not he, he basically will, it's almost like Apollo 13, you know? The idea that above all that actually happened, this is sort of like, yeah, hitting a hole in one in the universe. It's pretty hard to get that, you know, ball into a little teeny cup uh, because he has to sort of like Iron Man his way over to uh, <laughs> yeah. to the, sh- you know, whatever it is, the shuttle. And it's sort of like, we, you know, I mean, that uh, they, they do a good job of trying to keep us grounded in a lot of science up until that point. And then I'm kind of like. What does he use as the thrust? I forget. It was uh, it's the uh, oxygen in his uh, in his suit. 
Oh, right, because he cut his suit, right? So he takes yeah. his finger off. <laughs> yeah. like yeah. you know, it, it's sort of like the bubble gum. You know, I, <laughs> I'm going to pick this lock with some bubble gum and a toothpick type type of scenario. Right. Uh, but if they have us up to that point, might as well go all the way. Um, what I did like about it, though, and this should come as no surprise, is that I love that he went on to teach. That was... I thought that was interesting, you know. I think that that was an interesting ending, you know, because yeah. I wasn't sure if they were going to do uh, one of the, one of the things. Not to go back to the book again, but uh, in the book is like it just ends when he's saved. And that's the end of it. You don't hear anything afterwards, and which oh, I found a little. So that's a real relevant point to bring up, then. Yeah, yeah, and I and I found that a little, um, uh, you know, not fulfilling, you know. So I was wondering how they do it, and him going. What did you think about him going to teach? I, I agree. With well, you. well, dude, you know what do we do, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> any movie that's about education in some way, shape, or form always speaks to me, and I loved the idea that, and I knew he'd be a great, great professor. I loved sure. the idea of him. Uh, you know what is it about a decade later they show him or something like yeah. that. I can't remember because I say I think he's got more gray in his in his hair. Uh, not that he's like much older, but he's supposed to be. I don't know. It's supposed to be like five to ten years later or something like that. I can't it's remember. Later. Yeah. And and um, I, I I frankly I loved it. It didn't feel tacked on or preachy to me. It felt right. It felt like that's what he should do. Yeah, it felt good because yeah. he experienced something that no, no other human being ever has. So how do you pass that on? You. You 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 pass it on to a group of students every semester, you know. Right. Yep. Yep. I think that was. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I I thought it was fine. I liked it. You know, um, it was a good little addendum because it, it gave you some kind of closure, right? And and you don't you never see him in normal life because one of the more powerful I think aspects of the film is you know the fact that he's there alone for a very very long time he has no human contact whatsoever and when he gets saved like just the way he hugs everybody he's like clinging on to uh you know the captain of the ship and you know just that whole like uh you know but we never see him as a normal human being and and so that uh, uh, epilogue at the end shows him integrated back into society teaching what he knows you know, preparing people to do similar things and, and it shows them interacting with other people, which, uh, which is the first time you see that in the film. Yeah, I agree. I want on a completely stupid side note that just popped into my head, because when you're talking about him going throughout the film in a very long time, they do a really convincing job of showing him, uh, figure out mathematically what his nutrition is going to look like. That becomes a big part of it because yeah. they're trying to get him more food. But by the end, when he's kind of skin and bones, I thought that was very convincing. But um, something popped into my head when you said that, and that was, in- interestingly, there's like two self-surgery scenes in two recent Ridley Scott films. <laughs> Okay. That that like really are are interesting to watch. The first hat is in with the uh, Numi Rapace Rapace in in uh, Prometheus. Mm-hmm. That is intense. I mean, I was like really, really uh, on the edge of my seat. I was actually kind of leaning towards towards like you know like turning away or something because it was so unbearably intense what she has to do this sort of self surgery scene. And then it was interesting to see him also. Uh, do this self-surgery scene. I'm wondering, like, if in the next movie we're going to get a nice self-surgery scene yeah. from, from Ridley. What's this? What's really this guy's deal with <laughs> with you like, know self mutilation? Yeah, yeah for surgery. sure. 
Uh, and then for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about in Prometheus, you'll you'll know when you see it. Trust yeah. me. Yeah. Um, yeah, we. I, I have a feeling that we uh, have a disagreement about Prometheus, but maybe that's for a different show. Um, oh, no, I've got uh, – again, it's a mixed bag. Yeah, okay. things, yeah fine. Ultimately, yeah. it falls into the yay category rather than yeah. the nay, but wow, with yeah. reservation. <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so we're not far. You know? You're know, you at 60, I'm at 40 maybe. <laughs> that's about right. But, yeah. um, that's for another episode when we do Ridley Scott, uh, which I'm sure we will. We should at some point do really. We really Scott. should, yeah. It wouldn't be a bad idea. Um, that's not a bad idea at all. Yeah. I think that'd be a great idea. Focus to a Newton episode on Ridley. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So stay tuned for that. Um, uh, any, any any last words on the Martian? No, uh, it, not really. Uh, I, I think anybody listening knows how I felt about it, and um, it's. Uh, it's a very enjoyable film. Yeah. Very enjoyable film. Yeah. That's a good word for it. <laughs> enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was happy to have seen it. Um, I hope you enjoyed this uh, mini episode of that's a wrap. We're doing uh, all eight of the best picture nominated movies over the, over the next week or so. Uh, in advance of the Oscars broadcast. So find the other ones on, you can go to iTunes and find the other episodes, or you can go to that's rapshow.com to find show notes for this and, uh, and find all of the other episodes. If you'd like to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash that's a wrap. That's wrap with a W. Um, or another way to support us is if you go to our website and click on the little Amazon link next time you buy something, we get a tiny little kickback from that and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you could do that or go to Patreon and uh, we do appreciate your support and your listenership. If that's even a word and, uh, <laughs> and your patronage and your pay and your patronage. So thanks a lot. And, uh, you know, I hope you enjoy the other seven of these uh, mini episodes and also our full length episode on the Oscars themselves this year. Uh, and for that's, Yep, and for that's a wrap, I'm Eric Marshall. I'm Nick Schlegel. And we'll see you next time. Thanks. Cut. That's a wrap. Mm-hmm.